Welcome to the Midnight Society. I'm Erin. And I'm Amanda. And we're here to talk about ghost stories. True ghost stories. Things that have happened to us, things that we want to investigate, and things that have happened to you. Email us your experiences at midnightsocietyae at gmail.com or leave us your first-hand story as a voicemail at 978-938-4BOO. We're doing it? We're doing it. Sweet. Hello, Hi. everybody. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Amanda? I'm great. Awesome. Welcome, listeners, to the Midnight Society. I'm Erin. And I'm Amanda. And we're here tonight to talk to you about... Communication with yep. spirits. Some chit-chat with those chatty Cathy's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just snorted. Whoops. <laughs> You're not even through your first glass of wine. I know. It's bad. <laughs> So Aaron and I have a lot to talk about. Um, if you're anything like us, if you were ever perhaps a teenage girl, you probably yes. spent a lot of time trying to get in touch with the spirit world, yes. <laughs> sleepovers. Because of things like the craft. Yes. Um, oh my gosh. Where that slumber party just seemed like the most fun thing ever. It was amazing. Actually, here's a little bit of a fun fact about this podcast. In the two years that we've spent recording this podcast so far, <laughs> we have gone into the bathroom more than once to record ourselves doing Bloody Mary. <laughs> Didn't true. make it to uh, the actual podcast Not left on yet. the cutting room floor. Yes, that's it's files are around <laughs> for perhaps later use. But yeah, communication, I think you're right. I think it's something that most people have tried at some point in their mm -hmm. lives. Probably so casually. Yes, exactly. And then maybe even felt a little scared and guilty afterwards, depending on your attitude towards those Right, your things. level of maybe faith or how um, how seriously you take it. Exactly. We take it very seriously. <laughs> so I actually, I've spent most of my life taking it not very seriously. I'm just sort of like a casual drunk on bottle and a half of wine Ouija kind of girl and I feel like that is a category that people will understand when they listen to this um so I'm just gonna leave that where it is but I um went to a medium yesterday you did <laughs> so first I want to sort of rewind to last week for you listeners so we can look back and listen to how I was feeling before my appointment all right let's take a listen mm-hmm I really wanted to talk to you now about it instead of afterward. I want to talk to you about it afterward too, but I am going to a medium. <gasps> I know. Ooh. So I made an appointment with a medium and for you listeners, um, I do have, we do have an episode that you will hear at some point about my history with spirits, my history with spiritualism. Um, and how that ties into my relationship with my mother, actually. I have a lifetime of experience with psychic stuff, with spirits, with all of that, like, whole culture. And for most of my adult life, I sort of swore it off because it felt, uh, it felt like something that I was pushed into and I didn't like it. And so for the first time, I've actually realized that I could actually go and speak to a medium and, like, have that experience on my own terms, mm -hmm. which is sort of exciting. So I wanted to talk to you, Erin, because I know that you've had experiences with mediums before. You've dove in headfirst, and I with I, a healthy I, amount of skepticism. 
Well, exactly. But I also feel like I need a little bit of advice. Like I'm a little nervous. Like, should I record it? Should I bring objects with me? Mm -hmm. Like, what should I prepare for? I just want to know what happened with you so I can sort of like help prepare Mm -hmm. emotionally for what happens with me. So I would ask if he, if the medium is comfortable with you recording, one mm-hmm. of the mediums I've been to actually offered it before I even had thought Whoa. to do it. I wouldn't have like, expected that. Oh, if you want to record it, feel free. Um, in terms of objects, I personally didn't bring anything, but I know other people who have. So mm-hmm. I think that that's fine. And actually it can be something that can be reacted to like, oh, there's this thing that you have on or this thing that you brought and if you've like not told the medium about it, it can kind of be evidence for you mm-hmm. that this is an uh, actual experience, an actual thing that's happening. I think my biggest concern is probably just like trying to be conscious of being emotionally open to it. And I would also be prepared to be emotional mm-hmm. in general. Um, both of my experiences with mediums, my first experience, I wasn't there for me. I was actually like the designated driver for somebody else. And I ended up hysterically crying. Oh my God. Um, mostly because I went there not expecting it to be about me and and it turned to me. Um, and then the second time I went to a medium, it hit so close to home in a way that I wasn't expecting. Did you prepare? I mean, it doesn't sound like you went into either of those situations thinking that something was going to happen for you, but like, I'm, for some reason, I have such a concern with, like, being open. Like, I'm wondering if, like, maybe I should, like, meditate beforehand. Yeah, it's not a bad idea, though I wouldn't put too much of the onus on you. Like, this is... Yeah. This is... I'm nervous, just... Sure. I don't want to go into it. Like, I mean, I remember, you know, different places that we've stayed together. Whenever something potentially happened or, like, you know, it seemed like we got an EVP, I was, like, so ready to back away and be like, no, it's fine. Like, I'm just going to go to bed now. Like, I don't want to think about it. And so I'm, like, trying to just, like, separate it from, like, the part that scares me and, Mm -hmm. like, allow it to be sort of, like, an emotionally enriching experience. And that's really difficult. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think just remember that this person who's doing this medium is doing this for your healing for your benefit they're Mm -hmm. not there to scare you they're there to kind of help bring you closure or bring you closer to the person that you're trying to connect with yeah so it's okay to be scared um I think it's natural to be scared emotions are scary in general and there's potential (laughs) for this to be really emotional and that's okay it's gonna make me feel a feel yeah Well, so now that you're back, yeah. So I can't wait to hear about this. Spill the beans. <laughs> so um, I won't subject you to it. Uh, I had some in the car by myself ramblings before the appointment yesterday. I was like, oh, well, I better just like record some more pre-feelings. I think I was like nervous enough that I was sort of trying to avoid facing it for a minute. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's, you don't know what's going to come through. Exactly. You don't know how much you're going to believe it. And of course, de- I think a lot of people go into these things really excited and hopeful, mm-hmm. and that makes them nervous that it's not yes, going to happen. absolutely. That's something I said to myself in the car yesterday before I went in was like, I'm pretty sure what I'm feeling right now is the feeling of a person who's getting their hopes up mm-hmm. and like is very conscious of the fact that they're getting their hopes up. So um, I'm not going to spend too much time on it. Uh, I will start by saying that I literally like 
it was in a house, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to name the medium because I'm not going to call anybody out. She was wonderful, but I have a healthy level of skepticism. As you should. And I had some issues with, like, some of the things that happened. So, mm-hmm. you know, I walk into the house. I'm not really sure what apartment I'm going to. So I just knock on a door, and it's answered by two older women drinking tea, and they were like, oh, are you here to see And I, I want to be like, honestly, I don't even know the name of the person I'm seeing. <laughs> like, I was like, uh, maybe? I don't know. So then I, I walk in, and they're like, oh, she'll be here in a minute. She comes out, and I'm pretty sure we're in somebody's house. I have no idea who those women were. <laughs> and she sits down. I'm, like, imagining something like Practical Magic or, like, it's Cher coming out with yeah. her tea. They're like, oh, honey, just sit down. She'll be with you in a minute. And I'm like, am I getting my bangs trimmed? <laughs> Jesus. So she comes out, and you and I, we talked. I had every intention of recording. So she comes out, and I expected, I mean, again, I've never done this before so I don't really know what to expect but I thought there would be some level of hi I'm so and so what's your name like or like you know welcome have you done this before Mm -hmm. I don't know and she sat down and she immediately closed her eyes and she said let's see and I was like oh Oh, shit she's doing it no chit chat just straight to I know straight to the goods and so I was like no foreplay if you literally (laughs) like you could pay for my dinner first (laughs) I, in my in my head, she's like, okay, let's see. And I'm like, fuck, well, I can't interrupt her. She's doing it already. Mm-hmm. So I didn't record any of it. So she talked for an hour. She was asking me a lot of questions. Right off the bat, first question, your dad is dead, isn't he? And it sort of continued from there. It was like a series of questions for an hour with like some, and then she'd like tell me things. And so I'll just, I'm going to pull out some highlights for you. Okay, great. Um, So... One of the first things she said um, was, is there a wedding coming up? Oh. And I was like, what tipped you off? Oh, true. And so She's holding up her hand with yeah. her engagement <laughs> ring on it. It's sparkly as fuck. How can you miss it? <laughs> um, so I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I just got engaged. And she like, she was like, you know, your, your fiance, has he lost a parent? And I was like, yeah, well, he lost his father as well. And she said, was that pretty soon before you guys met? And I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she said, um, yeah, your dads are both laughing because they are crediting themselves with, quote, pushing you two together. Hmm. And I remember way back when, when I met John, somebody, a friend of mine who takes um, the Zodiac really seriously, we were talking about. Like um, the serial killer, the Zodiac? or <laughs> Yes, but that's besides the okay, point. Okay, okay. <laughs> So she she was, you know, I was talking to her. I'm a Scorpio. John is a Gemini, typically, Mm -hmm. and you don't really see those two signs together very much. And my friend, I remember this vividly, she was like, Gemini are, like, can be as bad as Leos in terms of, like, pride and self-regard, but Geminis tend to come back down to earth if they've undergone some sort of like trauma or Hmm. loss she mentioned that and I was like yeah I mean I personally I attribute our closeness in part like our ability to get so close so quickly to the fact that we had both experienced similar loss Mm -hmm. she said um so did your mom have like a uh an uncle or like a some sort of like father figure that you were close with I said well um not really and she said papa and I like literally in that moment I felt so guilty my mom's stepfather 
was I called him Papa. Uh, he died when I was like 11. And so that was very odd that yeah, she would call and she called out. that name Papa out. Exactly. Um, and that like sent me over the edge. I was like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she was like, he says that you used to entertain him a lot. And um, she's like, did you read to him? Like, what was that? And I was like, he, my uncle, my papa was very ill towards the end of his life. And he, um, I don't know if it was like because he felt poorly or if he like just was depressed. He refused to eat a lot. Mm. And at the time I was an avid tap dancer. And so he would agree to sit in the kitchen and eat a meal if I would tap dance for him. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. So that like brought something back for me. And you are a very good tap dancer. I've seen your moves. She's seen my moves. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram and we'll show them to you too. Um, oh my gosh. I should be a tap dancing ghost next Halloween. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so the only other thing that she said that really resonated for me was um, she was talking about my dad. Um, I was like really excited because he seemed to be coming through a lot. And then she said, your father... Um, was he a musician? What did he like listen to music avidly? And she said he's playing so many songs for me right now. And he's, hmm. She's like, it's really hard to pick one out. Hold on, let me let me listen. She listened for a minute and she said, I just keep hearing something with the word eyes in it. And I literally I like gasped because I had been thinking about this. I think it's Eric Clapton. Hmm. Uh, it's a song called My Father's Eyes. And it always Aww. reminds me of my dad because when he lost his father, it was whenever that song came on the radio, it was like the only time my dad ever cried. Mm. And so it doesn't really remind me of him because he loved that song, but more because he hated it. I almost feel like I needed more. Yeah. Like it was too, most of it was too uncertain for mm-hmm. me to feel like it was earth shattering in mm-hmm. any way. There were a lot of things that she spoke about. Um, about my family, like sort of things that I stress out about where my dad was coming through and basically saying like, there's nothing that you can do to fix it. Mm -hmm. And I understand that you feel like it's your responsibility to fix it. And Mm -hmm. I felt like that was really helpful. Um, but at the same time, like I said, like that's something I could have just gotten from a therapist too. So (laughs) yeah, but I don't know. There's something to her pulling out these other factoids or little references about your dad. Mm -hmm. I don't know. For me, it's Nice to know that there is something yes. out there, yeah. which is why we're here. Absolutely. <laughs> I think I need more. Like, yeah. I, I don't want to, like, become crazy about it, but I think I need yeah, to go see Yeah, that's the thing. I can totally more. see how it becomes addicting. Yeah. And that scares me a little. Mm-hmm. So I would go back. I would like to go back with you. Okay. Like, I, this felt really important. Like, I wanted to do it on my own because I had never yeah. done that before. Absolutely. But I think it would be fun to... Um, like go together mm-hmm. and actually maybe like talk to them about what they do mm-hmm. oh yeah. that's a good idea do like a little q a yeah interview session mm-hmm. i like that a lot perhaps something to come yeah but so that was my experience um there's definitely other ways we can communicate but yeah mm-hmm. mediums i find mediums fascinating yeah absolutely and actually i have a friend who i spoke to recently her name is penny mm-hmm. who also had a similar kind of curiosity about mediums but also she wondered if she had a gift that she hadn't tapped into in some way so Mm -hmm. actually why don't we just go straight to pet yeah this is a story about my grandmother when i was three years old my grandmother was dying of cancer 
and my mother and I moved to upstate New York to be with her while she was on her deathbed. And I don't recall this. I don't have um, my own memories of this really at all. So I just kind of have what my mother has told me about it. Um, and then just the way that I feel about it. And I've always had a very, very strong connection to my grandma when I see her in pictures. Um, and her story has always been fascinating to me. I've always wanted more info about her from my mom. And recently, like within the last five years, my I don't even really remember how it came up other than I was asking about, I was asking my mom for stories about my grandma. And was just expressing how emotional I get whenever she comes up in conversations. And I, it's just been strange to me that that happens. So my mom started telling me some kind of, just telling me stories about her death and about after her death. Um, and the first story that kind of sets the precedent for this counter or communication or whatever it was, um, is that when I was three and my grandma was dying. I was sitting on her bed in her house, the house she raised my mom and her brother in. And I was like putting lotion on my grandmother's hands and um, combing her hair, was just, you know, loving on my grandmother. Um, and I guess that's what I would do like every day while we were there. And so my mom says she walked in the room and found me um, rubbing my grandma's hands and my grandma had passed away and my mom's description of this event is that you know she she immediately started crying and I was um, very calm and um, soothing to my mom and told her that um, everything's fine and grandma was um, went up into the clouds and she was laughing. So when my mom tells tells me the story, she of course is like, you know, your grandma was on a lot of morphine. So like, I don't know if maybe she like said something to you. Basically, that story made me like sob because to me it's completely explained why I have such a close connection with my grandmother and I just don't remember it. So then fast forward, like. 29 years I well no okay fast forward like 27 years or how I'm bad at math um I've just kind of been like okay so did I say that because I saw her leave her body like did I see her spirit did I see her ghost if you will like what um why did I have those words for my mom and um and then this really close connection with my grandma who I've to my knowledge like never met you know Fast forward more, I'm at my house that I live in now, and this event that I was going to mention is also preceded by some Reiki work that was done, um, and I guess it was shortly after my first Reiki session where I'm feeling really open. I don't know how else to describe that, feeling really open, feeling really um in tune and tapped in seeing like a lot of synchronicity starting to happen a lot of just feeling really in tune with source if that makes sense and so I'm just like you know having a normal making a dinner for myself or something at my house or I guess I was washing dishes because I'm facing my sink and 
there is this jar full of just pennies. And I already said my name is Penny. And it's like at the back of my stove. The stove is behind me. And the I hear a, like, thump. And I look over, and the jar of pennies has fallen onto the floor, which I'm looking at the area now, and it's, um, you know, like two feet forward from where the jar was sitting that the floor is. There's a counter in between there and just, like, the stovetop. So it just hopped or whatever it flew off the the back of the stove flew over the whole stove without making a sound before hitting the ground and not breaking. It's a glass jar. Um, it didn't break. It just kind of um, laid pennies out on the floor, and most of them, quite frankly, stayed in the jar. I just kind of laughed because I knew it wasn't, like, um, normal. A good word for that, maybe. It wasn't normal. It felt supernatural intuitively I guess probably because for the last few years since I had heard the story from my mother I kind of just assumed like my grandmother in spirit is like um that I'm in tune with her in some way um I'm connected with her still in some way and that's why maybe every time she comes up I have these like inclinations I think I'm still close with her then fast forward like about a year this year in April I went to this angel reading thing that I was honestly pretty skeptical of at first the whole thing is this lady sits in front of this group of like 200 people and everyone has written down on a piece of paper and then folded it up and they've written down like maybe who they want to hear from or just like what kind of question they might have for whoever their guides their 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 people or a dead relative or whatever, whoever might be beyond the veil um, with with um, supportive information for them or something. So I write down on my paper, I'm asking my grandmother, like, did I see you? Like, did I actually see you leave your body when you died? Or I don't remember how I worded it, but something like that. Because I really just wanted that affirmation that it, she didn't just tell me what happened. But that, like, you know, I saw it. In the angel reading, 35 or so minutes in, she's, like, uh, an older woman in spirit uh, is here. And she wants to tell Penny hello. And that was all she said at first. And I was like, okay, um, what am I supposed to do with that? And then I waited, like, 20 more minutes. She said, an older woman in spirit is here. She says, um, I come to you like a magic penny she said i see i see coins like you know maybe dimes or something and she says but i but pennies she says she she leaves a coin she left you a coin trail um and then she goes on to say like i'm getting a name her name like her name is margaret which is my grandmother's name she speaks with you in coins she wants you to know that it was me i came to you the day i died and yeah that i mean that was all i asked and and i had it answered and the the comment about pennies which i didn't um you know i guess my first thought is i wrote the word margaret on there so when she said margaret I'm like well maybe she saw the paper or something but i didn't say anything about the coins dropping on the floor 
And so that that message from the angel reader felt very real to me. Um, and it kind of, yeah, affirmed that moment of, like, somehow my grandmother reached through and threw coins on the floor, I guess. So the angel reading was a group of people and none of them were known to her? Correct. It was like a mass group of 200 people. Oh, my God. In a room. Yeah. Okay. I didn't catch that that was that many people, yeah, which yeah. is actually pretty amazing. Yeah. And I think it's cool, too. Um, it's just a different way of doing what you did with the mm-hmm. medium. I've heard, I've seen that on television where it's like a giant room and like the medium stands up and like kind of calls out random things. Yeah. And I, I think of John Edwards, right? Like, and he's like, I'm getting like an M and then somebody out like in the, yeah, right. in the side of the room is going to like start <laughs> that's crying. That's my mother. Yeah. Right. But that's a very specific. Right. The penny. I left you a trail of pennies. Yeah. And I saw you. That was me. I saw you when I died, the day I died. That is awesome. And I think that's an interesting point too that maybe we can tap into more on future episodes is there is a theory that kids can, are more in touch with this and do mm-hmm. see these kinds of things more of course they do have more active imagination i feel like a children in spirits episode is gonna be too scary oh that would be terrifying (laughs) so yeah that was penny and she has an awesome band actually called labrys and y'all can check her out on Bandcamp. that's l-a-b-r-y-s stay tuned to the end of the episode and i'll actually play a clip off of her ep Oh, and side note to um, Penny mentioned Reiki. And if anyone doesn't know what Reiki is, I've done some classes in it. I'm mm-hmm. Reiki 1 certified. Oh, is that in your resume? Um, no, not yet. <laughs> um, but anyway, what Reiki is, is it's like a massage for your energy. Part of why I did the training in it, because I'm constantly curious. I'm just like, what is this thing? Mm-hmm. If I can't figure it out, I'm going to do it. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, totally. Um, so I don't know. I, you're reminding me a little bit of what I mentioned before. Like, I feel like I got like nine tenths of the way there with the medium and that, but I didn't get that like moment of like clarity or like, I wasn't like, I didn't feel satisfied right. at the end of it. Right. Well, speaking of not satisfied, I have had some very negative experiences with Ouija. Ah, um, so yes, which is another form of communication. Yes, exactly. And I'm... I can only speak for myself. Mm -hmm. I know we have some friends who have had varying types of experiences with it, but Ouija for me has never ended well. And I have some kind of like short-term amnesia or maybe long-term amnesia. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what exactly happens, but I forget after a while that Ouija is like so unpleasant for me. And then I just do it again. Um, so when I first, uh, met John, his mom, like, immediately gave me this really old Ouija board. It was produced in Lynn, Massachusetts. It's, like, back from before they started producing before Ouija Hasbro. boards. Exactly. <laughs> as, like, a board game. Mm-hmm. And it was right around the time you and I started talking about this podcast, and, um, I was, I contacted her, and I was like, hey, like, what is the deal with that Ouija board? You literally gave that to me like the second time I saw you. And I was like, I don't know. That's kind of weird. Just want to get it out of your house. Like, was it a thing? And she was like, I mean, I wanted to get out of my house. Like I want to get rid of my crap. But at the end of the day, uh, it, it didn't have any good juju and I was like, Oh sweet. So like what happened? And she was like, you should probably contact, and I won't mention their names here to protect their identities because they were not happy about it, but she mentioned her cousins who live in a different country, and I was like, thanks. 
I will. <laughs> and so I contacted them on Facebook. I had met them once before. And I think the problem is actually that I've never learned how to like properly handle them. Well, and that's up for debate because I actually <laughs> did email someone who is considered an expert on mm -hmm. Ouija boards. Um, he kind of runs a museum for talking boards it's mm -hmm. called mysterious planchette his name is brandon hodge wait and this actually exists yeah <laughs> totally exists um look them up he's on instagram too you can follow Ooh. him on mysterious planchette he's pretty great nice plug um, for you yeah and but it, he was super nice because i just had some questions around ouija um i mentioned that you know you and i were gonna be doing a ouija board session and mm -hmm. i was just curious if there were ways to do this properly that yep. I'd heard a lot of things about how to do this so it's safe and actually what he came back with was that historically speaking there is no real rules that There's they can like follow a trail back to um and it wasn't until actually the 70s and in the 80s during like the new age revival and the satanic panic era that you know, things started to kind of turn in the way of like, oh, Ouija boards are gateways to hell, which maybe even was um, the exorcist hmm. might have had some sort of influence. I on could that. see that. Yeah. I mean, there was a reason ultimately that it started being produced by companies like Hasbro. Like, you know, I look at the Ouija board that John's mom gave me and it's like old as shit and it's in this like cool box and it's from probably like the beginning of time. And then, but then I think back to the Ouija board I had when I was growing up, which was like glittery and glow in the dark. <laughs> like, and there is like no parallel between those two things. Well, and they, and if you think about it, they do go back to even like Victorian era. Like you see all these images of like, or, or line car, like line drawings or line carvings mm -hmm. of like a circle full of Victorian era women with like their hands on a table um and before they even had boards they sometimes would just like write like letters down or right. do or do things where um like a pencil would be attached to a planchette and it would be like what would it write wow kind so of you thing. had to depend on the fact that the spirit trying to contact you would be literate yes <laughs> <laughs> and that you were literate to then read it do you remember when i did the table tipping yeah i just remembered that yeah so yeah table tipping too it's like very similar to the concept behind ouija um, but you use a little round table typically, but you can use any table. And the idea is to sort of meditate over it as a group and you ask questions and the spirits will rock the table for like a yes answer and they'll stop rocking the table for a no answer. And I went to this thing thinking that nothing would happen. I actually went like out on a limb and like met up with like a local author who was doing this in literally the attic of a restaurant. And yeah, I was and like, you went alone. I wasn't with you. I was so proud of you for just being like, I'm going to this random thing. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and um, there were four people there and two of us were like me. Mm -hmm. Like it was me and one other girl and we're like, uh. <laughs> and um, the table literally flipped itself over. Wild. It was crazy. And then after that happened, we sat down at a really big, heavy table and it was rocking. Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe it. There were only four of us and, um, so I like that was the first time I was like oh shit like I've done Ouija before and it scared the shit out of me but I never came away thinking like that it actually was mm -hmm. the mouth of hell mm -hmm. right I think mm -hmm. it's totally valid if you have your own superstitions to follow your gut on it and right. do what feels right even though there might not be a clear indication of what's quote-unquote right or wrong with Ouija boards um for me personally, though, um, 
what I like to do before a Ouija session mm-hmm. is I like to do like a white light meditation type thing where I kind of whoever's with me I'm like okay let's all like grab hands imagine a protective white light around us and we and I have people say out loud like this is like a safe space we mm-hmm. only want to hear from th- from people for our greater good yeah you know and then we kind of undo that whole thing at the end of it and we say okay we're now closing this um you're not allowed to stay you have to leave thank you for your messages piss off kind of yeah. thing yeah no exactly and i like the white light meditation for a lot of reasons, a it helps. It, I remember when we first did Ouija together, and it really helped me feel a little bit more secure in the fact that we were drinking wine and doing Ouija in my living room. Mm-hmm. But also, it like quiets your mind before you actually start the session, so that you actually feel a little bit more receptive. Um, and I felt like I could listen better. Um, with, For sure. And you know, I'm not like thinking of all the things that I wish I was hearing. I'm like ready to receive whatever is coming in. Right. Yeah. And there are also different kinds of boards. There's not just like Ouija boards. There's like one that I have, I think it's called the Psychic Circle, mm-hmm. um, where it actually has like images. It reminds me more of like if Ouija and tarot cards were mashed together. I liked that board a lot because yeah. it felt like it had a lot more information to interpret. Right. It's oriented in a circle and at the center, I can't remember the exact layout, but the center it's like different color wedges and each color represents a different thing. Then mm-hmm. there's numbers. Then there's planets. I was with a couple friends in my apartment at the time, and we're doing Ouija, and it was the first time it ever actually, like, made sense, and I didn't – I was convinced that none of us were moving it. And so it was, like, moving from yes to no, answering some questions. It sort of seemed for a while like it was coming in for my roommate's, like, grandmother or something like that. But then it just started – erratically zigzagging across the board like fast like it was not like oh it's going so slow this could be me subconsciously moving the planchette because I'm always thinking of that Mm -hmm. I was like this is like powerful and it was going it was spelling out mama zaza the whole time and it was scary and so we closed you know we said goodbye we closed it out I went to bed the next morning I googled it and apparently there's like all sorts of shit the internet in general but definitely on reddit too where people are like mama zaza is a demon um if you ever see mama zaza or if it's spelled out on your ouija you need to like destroy the board or like do something to like Mm. never you know say goodbye Mm -hmm. um and part of me was like you know still sort of believe that this could be us subconsciously like maybe one of us had heard of that and um subconsciously spelled it out But fast forward, like, three years later, um, this was actually a couple months ago, I'm over at my friend's house. She happened to be one of the people that I was with that initial night, and we just pulled out the Ouija board and sat down, and within, like, 15 seconds, it was spelling out Mama Zaza, and Uh, I was like, oh, fuck this shit. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I'll ever do Ouija again, but I'm definitely not doing it with Christine. That's really creepy. It's really creepy. I've heard of this before, actually. Um. I've heard it spelled in a couple of different ways, too, but if it makes you feel any better at all, I have also read, maybe you've come across this as well, that Zaza is, like, opposite ends of the Ouija, and so Mm -hmm. sometimes it is just, like, subconscious, you're going from opposite ends of the letters. But we actually do have a story from someone that did have a negative Ouija experience. A violent Ouija experience. So these are our friends, Chrissy and Cindy, um, who were playing with a Ouija board one day in their apartment. Chrissy and Cindy are actually sisters. Um, I won't say their last name. I want to give away their identities to people who don't already know them. And so they live in the same building. Uh, The story they gave us is pretty frightening. Um, 
but apparently not enough to drive them out of the house. <laughs> yeah. So there was one time um, using the Ouija board. It was at um, my apartment. Yeah, it was. So my sister's apartment. I live in the second floor. She lives in the third floor. So we live in the same house. And we had the Ouija board. It actually was a spirit board that we had out. So it, you know, has a lot more options of what to to land on and say. But we were asking it. We just asked it for a general message, right? Just kind of like. Yeah, just kind of seeing what it would. What it would tell us. Yeah, yeah it wasn't like specific. No. And I don't remember all the details now because we were probably had a little bit of wine and it was getting a little freaky and it spelled out our last name which was bizarre because I never had it spell out you know like our entire like an entire name of somebody before it's always some weird little segment and you have to interpret it but it spelled out our entire last name and Aaron was with us so it was like three of us but I remember thinking to myself like is it because my sister and I are both have the same last name and we're moving it around that it's like subconsciously going there. So I didn't know, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then it, after that, it spelled the word burn, <laughs> which we're like, huh, that's a little weird. It's unsettling. A little unsettling. Yeah. <laughs> and whatever. I don't, I don't think anything really after that happened. It was just no, kind of like yeah. whatever. And we, I mean, it, I was definitely and, freaked out. Yeah. We, we kind of ended it there. And then the next day, I think it was the next day. It might've been a day after that, whatever. Um, I had this like dirty old toaster in toaster oven in my house and I didn't use it very often. And I definitely was not using it that day, but it was plugged in and all of a sudden, I just, like, smell this, like, smokiness. And I'm like, what is that? And it was on fire <laughs> on my counter. And luckily, I have stone backsplashes and, and whatnot. But it definitely, like, singed the bottom of my cabinets a little bit. And I was like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> so I, I had a moment of, like, oh, no, I don't want to use the fire extinguisher. So I just, like... Opened my door on the second floor, ran down, opened the door outside, grabbed the toaster oven with two oven mitts, and just took this flaming toaster oven <laughs> outside and, like, threw it on the patio and then hosed it down. And I was like, okay. <laughs> that was weird. That was weird on a multiple multiple levels. Um, so that was probably the weirdest Ouija board experience because something so yeah tangible just, happened right. after it spelled a specific word and right. it just felt very personal. It like, did <laughs> and like, like yeah, who knows that I live here. <laughs> so that's very scary, but I, I almost I almost think of it in a different way now, looking back on it and hearing their story. Like they were kind of seeing it as a very negative, like as if the board would had caused the fire Mm -hmm. but what if it was actually trying to just warn them oh maybe that's a good point i mean we're going back to that idea of we assume that if something bad happens around the time that you did a ouija board that it must be because you let some kind of like malicious spirit or demon into your home right and that's not necessarily what most people believe or what necessarily is the case with ouija boards oh and another quick side note Chrissy is in, like, a million bands. Her latest project is called The Downhauls, and y'all should check them out, too. 
So we've covered a lot today. Um, a we've lot got, of like personal anecdotes. We've got mediums. We've got table tipping. We've got Ouija board. There's lots of other ways that you that people communicate with those on the other side of the veil. Mm-hmm. Um, those are just a few. Maybe we'll get to all of them at some point. And maybe at some point in the future, you'll hear a bloopers episode where we let you listen to the times that we did Bloody Mary literally with the laptop <laughs> and a burning sage <laughs> in Aaron's bathroom while her husband sat outside reading a book. Thinking, what the fuck have I gotten <laughs> myself like, into? This is your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, whatever you do, listeners, just be safe out there. Do your white light meditation like mama told you. I think... You should do what feels right if you are scared by Ouija boards, if you are scared by mediums, either don't do it at all or look into ways mm-hmm. that feel comfortable for you. And that is that, signing off from this side of the veil. The Midnight Society. Hasta la vista. Boo boo. <laughs> As promised, here's Penny, her group Labrus. This song is called Bitch in a Band, and I think it's freaking awesome. I hope you do too. You can find them on Bandcamp, L-A-B-R-Y-S. I was out of hand, just another bitch in a band.